This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, looking forward to 2023, which is now just mere hours away. With Jake Noerker, Brendan Tobin on the Sports Machine, Sean Levine. We appreciate you checking us out on the BetQL Network. If you're interested in the football game, don't worry. I got you update. TCU is up 48-38. to 38. They just got the ball back 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So if they can punch it in here, they had a good punt return all the way down to, it looks like, about the 15-yard line. So TCU making noise once again here in the Fiesta Bowl coming up later on tonight. Get your bets in right now. Bet MGM. Georgia laying seven and a half. The Dolphins, the champions, of course, taking on the Buckeyes of Ohio State. All right, let's get back into the octagon, Brendan, where in 2023, we saw a lot of retirements. I should say in 2022, we saw a lot of retirements from some of our favorite fighters. Let's go ahead and just start with uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Again, it feels like some of these fighters are going to go on forever, especially like Cowboy, where he had multiple runs, right? And I'm not just talking mm-hmm. about before he got to the UFC, but in the UFC where he was good, then he wasn't, then he was about to fight for a belt, then he wasn't again. Cowboy had one of the crazier, more fun careers of any fighter I can ever remember. Yeah, not only that, I love uh, this week. He is all up on uh, social media admitting steroid use now because he's like, I don't have USADA to worry about. And he looks jacked. And he is he is uh he is propositioning for a uh jake paul fight so he's trying to slide in and take nate diaz's territory there but yeah man if you're talking about one of the all-time fan favorites um never was able to uh to, to get to the absolute top with the ufc brand but was always like any fight that he was in it either added to a card and you're like have to watch a cowboys there or you're gonna be in because he's saving a main event last minute um you know, was a wild man. A lot of these people, you know, they go about it and they, they, you know, need weeks and months of training. He didn't care. He didn't care. He'd go in whenever changed a little bit towards the end of his career, understandably, but like he would be all these people who are like new age, like fight Island. And the cowboy was doing that. Like he was doing that for the longest. And I think that's why he got so much respect from the fight fans, no matter the result. Oh yeah. Most bonuses in UFC history, second, most fights. I mean, most head kick finishes, his UFC, I should say his YouTube reel, is absolutely legendary. Okay, also, my guy, Jose Aldo Jr. decided to hang up the gloves. And before you disrespect him and say whatever you're about to say, remind you that he became the champion all the way back in 2009 when he took out Mike Brown. And then he defended his title against Uriah Faber, Mark Kamenik, 
Kenny Florian, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, the Korean Zombie, Ricardo Lamas, Chad Mendez again. And then, of course, eventually Conor McGregor ended up taking it off him. So say what you're going to. I know you're going to say he's overrated and maybe say a couple <laughs> of nice things because he's gone because that's what people do. But, dude, Jose Aldo is – he might not be on the Mount Rushmore, but he's on the next Mount Rushmore. What the hell's the next Mount Rushmore? What is that? Like we're going sightseeing to two different mountains? I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Like the whole point yeah, of Mount Rushmore is you pick four and you move on. Like we're, we're there's, <laughs> right. there's, a, right. there's some honorary rocks that are off at the bottom of the all mountain right. that's sightseeing. What is that? All right. Fair no, look, dude, he's an all-time great. I mean, like you he you he need I think Connor always needed somebody to aim for, and certainly Jose was that guy. Their buildup was legendary. It's unfortunate that the most famous moment of his career is getting flatlined in 13 seconds, but it is. Um, but he is a, yeah, he's an absolute legend. He had a, he, and I think that you think about even his size and the, you know, the kind of second run that he had at Bantamweight where like, he's trying to, you know, get back, get back to, uh, to, to the, to the absolute top and he looked good. Um, I, I think that it, it's unfortunate that he goes as classy as it gets. Everybody loved him. Um, really revolutionized the kicks, the leg kicks, you know, that was such a big weapon for him and then kind of went away from it and just became somewhat of a pure boxer and. I'm sure it won't be surprising if we see him take even, you know, more pro boxing fights, maybe in the, uh, the twilight of his, uh, of his year. Cause he's not that old. I mean, he's just been in the fight game forever, but you know, uh, you love him, dude. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that your guy's gone. I appreciate the apology. Um, Joanna Ojacek, friend of the show. She joined us. She claimed that she is still indeed the boogie woman. And then she went out there and lost and she retired. She's kind of hinted at coming back. When I think of Joanna, I think of violence, and I think of she might be the most entertaining female fighter of all time. Even in her losses, they were just absolute drag-out wars. I love Joanna, my favorite female fighter of all time. Yeah, she's charismatic as hell, um, entertaining, really would butcher people's faces up. And I think the thing that I respect, you know, one of the things that I think always Ronda got a uh, got got a, a raw deal on is that, like, she never really – came back all the way kind of just felt like all right, she lost to holly home lost to uh amanda and then it was just over we never heard of it. so yoana to her credit never really felt like she got over the rose losses but tried and 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 you know and i think was able to convince us that she was going to be able to it's just i think for her she was a pioneer for the weight class she was a pioneer for the for the for the small woman fighter and people just caught up with her and i don't think that uh there's anything wrong with that i mean we see this in every era of every weight class it's just that the men have been around longer and so it was natural that people were going to pass Yoana by, but I mean, but she was always entertaining, always interesting. And I don't believe she's retired. I think of, of all these people who you, you know, who's fake retired. I would say that she's, she seems like she's got the itch more than anybody. Oh, no, no. There's one more that's, 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 that's definitely coming back. That's fake retired. And that is TJ Dillashaw, where last time we saw him, his shoulder slipped out against Aljamain Sterling in a title fight. It feels, it feels like TJ's just, He's upset. He's mad at the world right now. And quite frankly, and I'm being serious right now, he might want to get out of the USADA pool to do some sort of rehab and then get back. So who knows what that dude's doing? Like with TJ Dillashaw, you tell me you're done. I tell you, I'll believe it five years from now. I See, I can kind of see it, though, because like he came back with he's really like one of the few guys in the sport that has had PED stains and shame and has kind of had a hard time outrunning it, you know, like. John Jones, you know, all right, people are fine with it. Anderson Silva, people accept it. But with TJ, there's just something about it. People seem to, like, throw that on him. And he's always – I don't know what it is about TJ because you think about going from one of the 
biggest underdog winners ever to a guy who's not really liked. And I don't know if that has to do with the beef without a team alpha male or what, but people really seem to, uh, to like rooting against him. And I don't know. I think that that's a lot that wears on you mentally. And you think about having a serious injury already coming back, already having all this. I couldn't believe that he's uh, he's a little bit burnt out and, and done for good. 36 years old. So we'll see if he ends up coming back. It's definitely the beef with, I mean, everybody loves Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt and all those dudes. And I think that TJ, I mean, now you've got the suspension and, you know, the snake in the grass stuff. It's just TJ always rubs people the wrong way. And also, he hasn't won his last couple of fights. When you're winning, he lets stuff go. I think that's what it is with John and Anderson and all these guys. But when you're losing, it's like, damn, you were taking steroids and now you're losing. So that's what it was. So it's pretty easy to point at TJ right now and say, all right, you're not what you used to be. Uh, a couple of surprising ones, in my opinion. Um, Zabit. I like saying his last name, so I'll do it. Zabit Magomed Sharapov retired to become a doctor. That's that's cool and all. Like, becoming a doctor is way cooler than being a fighter. Although, he was really good. Like, I think he could have been, been champ. He was. He, you know, he, I think, I think he, he stunned a lot of people. We all learned that, first of all, he was out here just studying medicine. And that's like the most interesting <laughs> man in the world kind of stuff. Like, you're, you have a doctorate, but you could also, uh, you know, destroy anybody with all your crazy submissions and all that. Uh, also, like, in this, this world of people, like, getting the, uh, every, every fighter seeming like they're, jacked with back tattoos and all that dude was hairy as hell didn't care you know was unkempt <laughs> coming into the into the octagon just an interesting dude so yeah that definitely was kind of out of nowhere like oh yeah you remember Sabit? yeah Sabit was gonna be the man what happened to him he's a doctor now oh good for him uh frankie edgar hung up the gloves so did uriah hall this year and then we lost a couple of fighters actually very recently since our last show stefan bonner passed away yeah. uh obviously stefan bonner his fight versus Forrest Griffin, legendary. I know me, you, and Jake have each watched that fight a million times apiece and basically saved the promotion. Mount Rushmore, yeah, we talk about Mount Rushmore. Mount, Mount Rushmore UFC moment for the promotion. Like, they can, they can thank sure. him. Um, that's a, Yeah, that's absolutely, that's absolutely crushing to, to see something like that. And, you know, um, you know, are we doing this show if not for his fight? Like you, you think about that kind of butterfly effect that something can have and, and what an impact moment it has on the sport. It was, uh, it was, that was, that was very sad to see over the holidays. And then just a couple of months before that, it was rumble Johnson and rumble was one of the guys that back in the day, you would think with rampage and you know, all those dudes, they were must see TV. What do you remember about Anthony rumble Johnson? Um, one that he was like, he had this Mike Tyson aura about him with, uh, with just the kind of knockout power that he had, um, that we never got to see him against John Jones. I was always bummed out about that. Um, and then just locally down here in South Florida, that a lot of the guys from that black zillions, original black zillions, Jim Rashad Evans, Tyrone Spong, Michael Johnson, you know, just them all being very hurt by all of this. I mean, this guy was very, very close to him. That little click that that kind of had grown up around here and, and kind of broke off and made their own kind of thing in South Florida away from a American top team and had that rivalry. And you think about the impact that he had on guys like Kamaru Usman. Like a lot of these guys would venture down here to train with some of the best. And Rumble was just always kind of soft-spoken for being such a vicious, uh, such a vicious hitter. And thought that he was going to, you know, come and do some bare knuckle. I was at a press conference not too long ago where like, it seemed like when page that they signed page Van Zant, and it seemed like he was going to go and, and go to this chapter of his career. And 
then he just never did. And it's because he was dealing with so much uh, health stuff. So that was an absolute crusher. I was at the UFC uh, uh, event in Orlando where like they did a memoriam for him. And Michael Johnson was actually on that card and got the win. And that was very emotional for him. So yeah, that one, uh, that one definitely is a crusher on two ends just because not only was, uh, you know, fan of the guy, but also that, you know, locally a big tie down here too. Coming up in a little while, we will give you some fights that we need to see going forward in 2023. But before that, let's go ahead and put a cap on 2022's best fights. UFC 281, Chandler versus Poirier. Most of the time, when you get two animals like that in a cage together and you've got the expectations, it falls flat on its face. That one didn't. That was exactly what I expected it to be. Both guys did exactly what they said they were going to do. Met in the middle of the octagon, threw punches the entire time. I it didn't end up being fight of the year, but it could have been. Yeah, it was It was really good. And yeah, probably not because of the stakes that you wouldn't put it uh, at the absolute top. But, you know, not only just punches, but they had everything. It had it had levels of grappling. It ended up with a, with a submission. And I just think, uh, you know, cemented Poirier as just like this king of violence. Like anytime you're talking about the most violence, the most violent fights in the UFC, who is going to get the better of it? It's normally going to be Dustin Poirier, whether it be against Eddie Alvarez or be against Justin Gaethje. Like, that is that guy's playpen. That is where he was great. And Michael Chandler, you know, really uh, upset Poirier coming into this promotion. And I feel like getting a lot more shine than Poirier did for being in the promotion as long as he did. So it had a little personal edge to it as well. They were talking crap even afterwards. Poirier wasn't happy about it. So, you know, uh, DP certainly uh you know was able to cement himself back i think in contendership with getting that win but that that fight had everything to it it was great oh he's absolutely a contender he's won four out of his last five fights if you look at the guys that have beat him in the last five years their names are charles Oliveira and khabib Nurmagomedov. and in between that he took out chandler he took out mcgregor twice dan hooker max holloway eddie alvarez Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis in his prime. So, yeah, Dustin Poirier is one of the – he's still definitely one of those dudes. It was UFC 273 when Gilbert Burns went at it with boards, Hamzad, Chemayev. Chemayev came in as a huge favorite, and then as that fight went along, it looked like you won your money on Gilbert Burns. Some people actually thought Gilbert Burns won that fight. That one went down as a classic too. Yeah, and it was a big test for for Hamzat because we had seen him steamroll everybody. This is kind of his first step up in competition, and you know Gilbert Burns is no joke. I mean, he's another guy who's good everywhere. Kind of had a a late rise in his career, and even still, I think it could make another run, especially with you know if Kamara doesn't have the belt, you look out for Gilbert Burns to possibly be there in contendership. But absolutely great fight. I thought that Hamzat. It's 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 unfortunate for Hamzat because I think that at the end of this fight. People were like, oh, Hamzat's legit because he really proved himself being tested. And then to go from that to, you know, the whole missing weight thing and, and screwing up the card and all of that stuff, you know, I, I felt like his st- nobody's stock, like, fluctuated more than Hamzat's off of that, in my opinion. But that was an absolutely great fight. He was tested, and Gilbert Burns, you know, continues to show that he is uh, absolutely A-class when it comes to, to any type of competition. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
talking about the best fights of the year here on Tapped Out. We mentioned Glover Teixeira uh, versus Yuri Prohaska at UFC 275. How about at 278, Paolo Costa rubbing his, uh, I should say Luke Rockhold, rubbing his blood all over Paolo Costa. I know you love that one. No, that's so gross, dude. Like, I, first of all, oh, you know, you like go. Luke Rockhold, who's like, you know, thanks for finally coming back to the sport. And then he comes back and he's like gassed after like 30 seconds. Now props to him. Like he was, he was hanging as good as he could, but that was gross, dude. You, 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 you snow blowing your blood all over somebody's face. That was disgusting. You, 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 you constantly brag about being octagon side and getting some of Jorge Masvidal's spit on you when he got knocked out by Kamara Usman. So you don't mind spit, but you don't like blood. Let me get this right. And you're a fight. Just unbe okay. It's not, it's not that I don't like blood. It's like, I don't like you motorboating your blood into somebody's face. <laughs> There's a line there, Sean. I mean, we got it. We got to make uh -oh. the line happen somewhere. I get it. I get it. Uh, O'Malley versus Jan was a classic. A lot of people thought Jan won. I didn't have my money on O'Malley. And then we just saw Kevin Holland and uh, Wonder Boy. That was a classic, too. Coming up next, some fights we have to see in 2023. You're locked into the BetQL Network.